Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast, Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers USA. Today, we're going to continue our series, uh, Importing 101. And we're going to talk about USMCA. Now, I know I've done some podcasts already on USMCA, and we also already have a YouTube video out there. So check those out for some more in-depth uh, information on USMCA. And it's it's kind of fitting because we're about a year into USMCA as the premier trade agreement between U.S., Canada, and Mexico. And what has changed from NAFTA? And what uh, what do you need to do? That's what we're going to kind of go over in a little bit uh, today. I like to keep it a little shorter than our other podcasts on uh, USMCA, but uh, we'll get you some really good information, and uh, we're going to get you kind of like that checklist: what you need to do if you haven't already done it. So. We got some great information, some great examples of what's going on with some some current uh, importers and exporters and how it's affecting them. So here we go into the podcast USMCA, uh, part seven of our ten part series on importing one hundred and one. So USMCA took over NAFTA just about a year ago now, and it was kind of a surprise when it went into effect. Uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be postponed, um, but uh, I thought it was long overdue myself uh, in, 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 in terms of what needs to be done with trade. Uh, NAFTA was a pretty old trade agreement between the three countries, and it definitely needed to be updated. Uh, it did do what it was supposed to do. It increased the economies in Canada, Mexico, and the United States, and it also increased trade between the three countries here in North America, and really kind of our GDP has has benefited from it. Uh, Mexico's GDP and Canada's GDP has all benefited from NAFTA, so this is the next generation of what's going on. It really took NAFTA as the base structure, uh, the foundation of what was going into USMCA, um, and, and, and there's no unified name, so you're going to hear me call it USMCA because that's what we call it here in the States. Uh, if you're from Canada, you may call it Kusma. Uh, um, and off the top of my head, I don't remember what they're, what they're calling it in Mexico, but there was no unified name for it. This really needed updates. Like I said, NAFTA really needed updates, so there's a lot of updates done, a lot of changes made to how things qualify to be uh, duty-free from those countries and the trade in between those countries. So if you haven't, if you haven't done this, what you really want to do is you really want to make sure that you've done your due diligence and you've listed out all your products and you've done the substantiation for the claim. So if you have a product, a machine or something, that means you're doing an itemized list of all the parts that go into it. What are the countries of origin? What are the costs? What method are you using to claim USMCA? And what way are you claiming USMCA? So what I mean is there's really three ways to claim USMCA in your product. And it was the same same with NAFTA, so that really hasn't changed. Number one is, does it meet a tariff shift? So is there a substantial transformation to the product to turn it into a new and different item that could be called country of origin, Canada, U.S., or wherever you make it? 
And that's one way to claim USMCA. The second way is regional value content. Now, these thresholds have changed so that the formulas have not changed, uh, but you still have to meet the thresholds, and those have changed. And then the last way to qualify for USMCA is a combination of both regional value content and a tariff shift or what we call a substantial transformation of the product. So if you haven't done that, it's imperative that you do that. Just because you manufacture a product in Canada doesn't mean it meets the qualifications for USMCA. Or just because you produce a product in the United States doesn't mean it meets the requirements for USMCA. So what you're really looking to do here is make sure that you have there, – there's two things that you're looking at. You're looking at country of origin marking. So it could be made in the United States just because there's a, a substantial transformation but if it doesn't meet the regional value content, then it's country of origin U.S., but it doesn't qualify for USMCA. So when you send it to Canada, you would have to pay the duties and taxes that are applicable to that product under the general rate of duty in the tariff guide for going into Canada. So a great example of this is there was a company that we dealt with many years ago that uh, was producing steel wire in Canada. And I like to use this this example because they are out of business, so I, I don't mind using the example. Um, but they were making steel wire in Canada, and they were bringing rod in from a mill, from a steel mill in Canada and they were bringing it into their factory, drawing the rod out in the wire and galvanizing it, which was a pretty pretty in-depth process. A lot of stuff going on there and big machines that had to make that happen. But under customs eyes, that didn't go through a substantial enough transformation to change the country of origin or change the essence of what that product was. So because they were purchasing it from a mill in Canada and doing additional work on it in Canada, it was able to be claimed under the trade agreement. Now, they switched their provider from Canada, so they, they stopped buying the rod in Canada and started buying it in Moldova. Well, guess what? Now it's, it's, it's not even a Canadian product. They can't even, they do all that work on it in Canada, and they can't even mark made in Canada on it. It wasn't eligible for NAFTA anymore. They ended up getting fined and penalized. Now, the rules for wire have not changed from NAFTA to USMCA. And most products that are in that agreement, how they how you apply NAFTA is the same as how you apply USMCA. But if you haven't done that on my checklist, if you haven't done that substantiation, make sure you, you uh, put that on your checklist to do this year or in the next month or so. We're seeing an increased number of audits on USMCA claims. We're seeing... U.S. Customs go out there and stop shipments, ask for USMCA certificates. Um, if you don't have a USMCA certificate filled out for your product and you're just claiming it, you need to fill out that USMCA certificate. These are all things that I've seen throughout the year that you really want to keep track of and make sure you're doing. There is no prescribed form anymore. We do have a form available for our clients. Uh, if you email me, um, I can get you a copy of that form if you're not filling it out. But even that form just isn't enough. Just because you put your signature on the bottom of that form doesn't make your product eligible for USMCA. You have to do the background work. You have to do the checklist. You have to make sure that you know how your product qualifies for USMCA. And how about going doing that is... Here's the steps. Make sure that the tariff classification is right. 
then you go into the agreement under that tariff classification. And the agreement is going to prescribe to you which of the three ways that your product will be eligible for USMCA. So like I said, it's going to be a tariff shift, regional value content, or a combination of both. Now, if you if you need some help with that, give us a call. We can help you through understanding where to look in the agreement, how to look that up. <clears throat> Once you do that, then you've got to make sure that whatever you're doing, that if you're figuring out that formula, you know what content is from the region, which the region is Canada, Mexico, and the United States. And then if you have outside of that, if you have value from China or Europe or Australia – you're going to have to do those mathematical formulas that are prescribed in the agreement to make sure that your product meets those regional value contents. Once you do that, then you could really fill out the form and sign it. But that's the first step, and it may become tedious, and you may think to yourself, I, I can't do that because we have hundreds of parts that go into your, into your machine, and, and it just isn't feasible. Well, if customs ask for the substantiation, they're not going to give you a lot of time to produce it. So you're better off to do it beforehand than after you're asked for it because we find that if you haven't done it, you may be surprised that your shipment doesn't actually qualify. Then you're in for fines and penalties. The other option, and I want to throw this out there for everybody, the other option is to claim country of origin, Canada, say if the product was made in Canada, to claim the country of origin, Canada, but not claim USMCA. And again, just because it's made in Canada doesn't mean it qualifies for USMCA, and you may have a 0% duty rate. So rather than put additional liability onto your company or you as an importer, then don't claim NAFTA. You pay 0% duty, and you only pay the merchandise processing fee. So you only pay the 0.3464% of the value of the goods when you bring that into the United States. So that's another thing to think about. You don't have to claim the free trade agreement when you're manufacturing a product in Canada, Mexico, or the United States when you're shipping to one of those countries. And it may just take out that liability that you really don't want to take on by claiming the free trade agreement. So really quickly, I'm going to recap today what we learned about USMCA do your due diligence, make sure your tariff number is correct, look at the trade agreement and figure out how your product qualifies for USMCA, make sure you have a substantiation claim. So make sure you have some kind of documentation that lays out all the requirements for USMCA so that if customs does ask for it, you have that ready. And then number three, sign that certificate. Um, and make sure that you supply that to your customs broker. And really, at the end of the day, do I really want to claim the free trade agreement and put that additional liability in there for my product going across back and forth across the border if there is no duty on it anyways? Um, so that's it. Really quick and uh, brief overview of USMCA, but it gives you a lot to think about and a lot to do. Uh, you know, these substantiation claims could take a couple days. They could take a couple weeks, but it's definitely worth doing it and having it on hand. And last tip, make sure that you're doing this every year, that you go through these substantiation claims and documentation to make sure nothing's changed. Because as that steel wire account, if you change a supplier, 
then that substantiation claim has to be changed. You have to look at your documentation and say, hey, oh, we changed this supplier. How does that affect our trade agreement that we're using? And really think about that before you change suppliers. How is it going to affect my my substantiation for my free trade agreements? So thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with more podcasts, more guests, and more information about how to make you more compliant on international trade. Thank you, and have a wonderful day. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.